Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Thursday, July 15th. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what it is that God desires. I'm going to give you a little bit hint. It's not our own glory. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. By now, you've heard that I'm running for Congress to replace Jamie Herrera Butler, representing Washington State's 3rd Congressional District. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a business owner. I'm an author and a speaker, and I've lived in this district for a very long time. And I am asking you for the honor to represent you in the House of Representatives. We've got some huge deadlines coming up for fundraising. We need to take this country back. We were once the party of ideas, you guys, but we have devolved into a cult of personality, and we have lost our way. I want to bring common sense back to the floor of the House of Representatives. Now is the time for a new generation of conservative leaders to stand up, and I am here to stand in the gap for Washington State. For more information, go to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You can sign up to volunteer, get on our prayer team, and support this run financially. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John for Congress. So I'm glad you guys have tuned in today. Uh, Wow, have I had a busy week. I'm going to be actually talking a little bit about what I did last week, which is to do a ride-along with the Vancouver Police Department. They invited me to do a ride-along with them to participate and kind of see what they're dealing with and what they go through on the regular. And it was interesting for me because, well, A, I've never done that. And so they said, listen, you can do all day. You could do the morning. You could do the evening. And I was like, duh. I want to do the evening, you know, I want to like, I really want to just see what it's like to, uh, to ride along with the Vancouver police. So I'll be talking about that over to America's town hall. So you guys can tune in to hear that. But before I get started today, I love seeing your off the bench stories. You guys keep them coming. Melinda from Washington said, Heidi, thank you for your podcast and encouraging others to get off the bench. You're welcome, Melinda. She said, my family is getting off the bench in a couple of ways this year. We have committed to homeschool our kids while running our local business and participating in a local Christian co-op. My husband has also launched his campaign to run for our local city council seat in Puyallup, Washington, and is working to keep our strong community values and keep Seattle-style politics out of our city. Good job. We are praying for your congressional run And thank you for helping us to make changes in our state. Uh, I love hearing your stories of getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. And I was just in Chattanooga this last weekend talking to them about what's going on in the country, trying to sort of William Wallace, I guess, in that area of the country and just say, you know, I know you guys think that you live in the Bible Belt. And that all the garbage that's happening here in the Pacific Northwest isn't happening in Tennessee and it's not happening in South Carolina and not happening in Louisiana and not happening in Georgia, but you're wrong. It's everywhere. And it's going to take people to get up and get motivated to do more than just be an armchair warrior on social media or sit and opine about it at the dinner table. 
If we love our country, we're going to have to get involved. We're going to have to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And over and over and over again, I heard from people coming up and saying, I'm running for city council. Um, My husband has uh, applied to run for school board. I had a, a gentleman come up and say that he was in the running to be a prosecuting attorney and really just to bring law and order back to this lawlessness. And we've got a wonderful campaign staff here in the Pacific Northwest that's helping me with my run for Congress. And I decided to kind of do some devotions with them uh, as often as I can just to keep them encouraged because frankly, the garbage that they deal with just simply by virtue of the fact that I decided to run for Congress is, uh, it can be discouraging. And I think when we allow ourselves to be discouraged, a couple things we forget. The first thing we forget is that the things that we're doing, I don't care what it is, school board, library board, you know, Congress, I don't care if you're running for president. If you're a child of the living God, it's not about you. It's about the Lord. And so I'm going to read you a little bit from from God's word today, and then I'm going to answer some questions from listeners. But I read this in Psalm 115, verse 1, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us. But to your name, give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth. You guys, we've been talking about truth for years and years here at the show. And my firm belief that the battle that we're waging right now is a battle for truth. And truth is caught in the crosshairs, right? The Bible teaches us that truth is anything but subjective. You don't have your truth and I don't have my truth. Truth, there's only one truth. It's either true or it isn't, right? And this is the psalmist, David, saying, not to me, not to me, Lord, but to your name I give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth, because of God, we can know what's true. And I think it's easy for us in whatever capacity that we're serving the Lord in in whatever job we're doing and whatever God calls us to, even parenting. It's easy to think that this is all about us, but the Bible makes it clear the glory is always to go to the Lord. So listen to me, homeschool parents. I don't believe, and I never have after 20 some odd years of homeschooling, that God wants us to get to the end of our homeschool journey and talk about how amazing we were. Or talk about, you know, I just wouldn't have been able to be that amazing homeschool parent had I not found this outstanding curriculum and essential oils. No. I mean, maybe you did find an outstanding curriculum and maybe you are enjoying your essential oils, right? But that's not where the glory should go. It should always, always, always go to the Lord. And a couple of days ago, I read the story of a king who had an opportunity to do great things, but the Bible records that he did not give glory to the Lord. And so it didn't turn out so well. So listen to this out of Acts chapter 12, starting in verse 20. Now, Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord. And having made Blastus the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and he died. Mm. Moment of silence. 
God wants us to give him the glory. The very next verse, by the way, verse 24 says, but the word of God grew and multiplied. You see, God is always going to have the last word. And so today I'm going to encourage us to remember that this thing we're doing, this thing we're doing on this earth right now, it's not about us. It's about him. It's about the Lord. It's about what God's doing. It will always ever only be about the Lord. And God is resolutely committed to his own glory. And so the minute we start thinking this is all about us or we start getting a little bit big headed, or maybe, maybe we're struggling with something and we start internalizing it to the point where it we forget that this isn't about us. Maybe we're feeling sorry for ourselves. Okay, I'm just talking to myself right now. Maybe I'm feeling sorry for myself. Maybe I'm like, you know what, Lord, I, I, I had other things to do. I actually didn't need this gig. I don't need this trouble. You know, me, me, me. And I think sometimes we just, we turn into, right? We turn into the me monster. And I love how David cries out to the Lord, you know, not to us, oh Lord, not to us. Do you guys remember singing that when you were kids? Not to us, oh Lord. Do you guys remember that? Not to us, oh Lord, never, but to your name be glory. I love how the songs that we learned as kids resonate in our hearts the truth of God's word. It can never be about us. It always is only ever always about the Lord. We train our children. You know, we're homeschooling our children, not so that people can say, look how amazing you guys are. You're homeschooling. No, I'm training my children up in righteousness so that they can hear God's voice and follow it. I'm training my kids up in my home to keep them out of the indoctrination that is turning children against their parents, against their country, and against God. And the minute we start thinking it's all about us, you guys, God's not going to bless it anymore. So whatever it is that we're doing and whatever area that God asks you guys to get off the bench, and I hope I'm going to continue to hear it. And by the way, I want to hear your story. Send them to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I want to hear how you're getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. And I want to hear as much about that as I hear you saying, this is what God is doing. And this is how I see God moving. You see, I don't believe that our country is lost. I think that God always longs to show, to show mercy to his people. And I think we're going to live to see God do an amazing thing. So I hope that encourages you guys today. I want to say thanks to everybody who continues to send questions to me at the podcast. And I'm I'm trying to get back to them. I keep telling you guys, man, I'm just... I feel like I fall behind, but then I'm like, wow, I really want to talk about this, or I I really want to give information about that. And uh, I'm going to try to continue to answer your questions. So the first question I'm going to answer today says, hi, Heidi, how can I encourage a Christian friend whose husband is a progressive Christian? He's terrified of the Rona and only allows his family to participate in activities that follow the strictest protocols. He's planning on having their kids vaccinated as soon as possible, and he's pretty liberal politically, too. My sweet friend is trying her best to respect her husband, but I know in her heart she disagrees with them, and it's taken a huge toll on her family. Thanks for any advice. All right, so this is one of those things where I'm going to encourage you to keep your eye on the ball. All right, Uh, the marriage thing is tricky. We talk about this a lot when it comes to homeschooling and, you know, differing opinions. You know, one spouse wants to homeschool and the other one doesn't. One spouse is terrified of the Rona and the other one isn't. But boy, you guys, these are difficult. You know, if, if my husband wanted to get our kids vaccinated, I'd have to go to the Lord. I'd have to say, Lord, help me. And I'm more convinced than ever 
that God is calling his people to prayer. And I think I've been telling you guys, that's really what the Lord's been asking me to do is to get alone with him, to cry out to him, to ask him to help me to pray the things that God wants for me and to be able to listen for his voice. You see, so much of what's happening in this country right now, the liberal politics, the woke church, it's hurting us. It's hurting us and we need to hear from the Lord. And so first of all, you know, you're writing on behalf of your friend. I'm going to encourage you as much as I can. I mean, unless you see abuse happening, stay out of that marriage, stay out of it because your friend needs you to encourage her and support her to do what God would want her to do. And these are difficult questions. And unless any of us is really inside of a marriage, there's so many nuances to marriage, right? And so we want to, um, we want to respect our husbands. And I appreciate that your friend is trying to do that. And this is difficult. The vaccination question is very, very difficult. The Rona, I mean, how long are we going to be scared of this thing? Right. You know, now they're telling us, oh, the Delta variant, run for your life. You know, I'm waiting for Kingsley to start locking down Washington State again. You guys fool us once. Shame on them. Fool us twice. Shame on us. We should never, 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 never let this happen again. And the fact that they've been able to control the nation now for 15 months. Woo, gosh. I mean, we, we need to be in prayer. We need to be in prayer. Renee from St. Charles, Missouri said, how do you trust God with your children, especially after experiencing the death of a child? This is a, a difficult question. You know, we, we have kids and it's like having your heart walk around outside your body for the rest of your life. So one of my kids didn't come home the other night. She didn't do anything wrong, but she just didn't come home. And, uh, you know, I woke up in the morning, went into a room to kind of talk to her and she wasn't there. And so I thought, well, man, maybe she's at work. So I checked to see if she at work and she wasn't there. And then I thought, I have no idea where she is. I don't know if she got in a car accident. I don't know if, I didn't know where she was. And I told Jay, you know, we found her and it, and it, and it turned out to be fine. But I told Jay, I was like, man, this, this parenting gig, it's no joke. You know, my heart was pounding. I'm trying to figure out where, where she was, you know, your anxiety sort of skyrockets. And I remember feeling the same way when they told me that my daughter, Sierra, had a heart condition and was likely going to be born with Down syndrome and had possibly some other conditions related to her health. And you start to say, okay, Lord, you gave me this child. Is it always going to be this hard? And I guess that the answer is uh, yes, it is. Think about for just a minute, can you? Let's let's talk about for just a second Moses's mother. Let's talk about Jochebed for 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 just a half a second. So you guys remember the story of Moses, right? And the Pharaoh's trying to kill all the baby boys, and Moses's mother Jochebed decides to leave her son on the riverside, and she's really facing life or death. And the king at that time had declared an edict that all of the Hebrew baby boys would be killed. But the Bible records that in faith, Jacobed got a papyrus basket for her son and coated it with tar and pitch and placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Can you even begin to fathom what she must have endured during those moments? I mean, anything could have happened. Uh, I don't know what's in the Nile River, but if it's anything like the South, I'm imagining snakes and other things that can kill you. And I think in some respects right now, this is what we're doing. God's asking us to place our babies, our children in a basket to to cover it with tar. I mean, this is what we're doing. We're protecting our children from the garbage indoctrination and people that would absolutely harm and injure our children. And the Lord's saying, trust us with your kids. 
You guys, God hasn't promised to give us grace for every possible situation that we will conjure up in our imagination. There's no grace for the what ifs. There's no grace for what I call the what if monster. You know, what if this and what if that? And I think we spend a lot of our time going, what if I get that phone call? What if, what if I find that my child has been abused? What if I, what if this, what if that? Moses' mother in this situation could have absolutely been paralyzed by fear, but the book of Hebrews says that by faith, she did not fear the king's edict. Instead, she gave the gift back to the giver of life. And that's what we do with our children every single day. The Bible says that God is the creator and the sustainer of life. And we trust him. We, we have to trust him in his plans for us. To know that God's plans for us are good and not evil. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. And the fact is that every single stage of parenting comes at us with its own fears and its own reasons to worry. I mean, even adult children, right? When they're really, really little, we're worried about them getting injured. We're worried about SIDS. We're worried about, now we're worried about reactions to vaccines and all these things. And boy, for parents, these are tough days to navigate, but the Bible doesn't change. You see, I think that Satan wants us to allow the fear of the what ifs to paralyze us. And when that happens, guess what we do? We take our eyes off Jesus. And I'm going to encourage you guys today to follow the example of Jochebed, to keep our eyes on Jesus, and maybe focus our mothering eyes away from ourselves and instead fix our eyes on Jesus, who the Bible says is the author and the finisher of our faith. You guys, God's will isn't going to take you where the grace of God will not follow you. And I have learned this over and over and over again in my life. Don't have an answer? Trust the Lord. Worried about your children? Turn your panic into praise. Turn up the the praise music. Lord, help me to keep my eyes fixed on you today. Because when we follow the example of women and men in the Bible, women like Moses' mother, God teaches us what it looks like to shift our gaze away from ourselves and instead put it on him where it is is well-placed. Our faith in God, you guys, is well-placed. And may the Lord grant us the grace to trust his sovereignty as we take the beautiful, beautiful gifts that he has given us and lay them down on the banks of the Nile like Jochebed did. You see, we either trust God or we don't. He's either faithful or he isn't. That's what my grandmother used to say to me. She used to say, Heidi, you either trust him or you don't. He's either good or he isn't. So what is it? Do you trust him? Do you believe him? Are his mercies new every morning? Did he give you the children that he had planned for you? I mean, this is why Jochebed wound up in Hebrews 11, right? The faith chapter. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Okay, some of you, your kids are going away to college, by the way. If your kids don't have to go to college, don't send them. I meet more college students now that are just being wrecked by the college system. But every stage of parenting, even when your kids are older, can be frightening. And so we need to keep our eyes on on Jesus. Because whether our kids are starting kindergarten or middle school or high school or college or whether they're going off and getting married, 
we need to trust God and believe that he has good plans for our kids' lives because the verses that we read are not just for ourselves, they're also for our kids. So you guys, I'm going to encourage you today, fix your eyes on Jesus. Jacobed must have believed God loved her child more than she did, especially as she saw his plans for her and for Moses fall into place. And God will do that. Be strong and courageous. This is Joshua 1, nine. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And some of you who are listening to this today, you've experienced the death of a child or maybe you've experienced the pain of a miscarriage. My husband and I lost a baby to miscarriage years ago. And a really dear friend of mine said to me later, you can either let this thing cripple you and you can never have babies again because you'll always be worried about the potential for loss, or you can embrace the gift of life that God sends your way and trust him when the pain comes to, because nothing in this life is guaranteed except for the grace and mercy of God. Isaiah forty eleven. he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. This is God's heart for you. He is the good shepherd. You guys, that's all I have time for today. I hope you guys are enjoying Off the Bench. And if you haven't left a review for it yet over at iTunes, we really want to encourage you to do that. We're trying to work our way up to 10,000 reviews. We are starting and have just started a brand new study at MomStrong International called Beautiful Lies. You're going to learn to see yourself the way God sees you, to train up your children to see themselves the way God sees. And I'm telling you what, you guys, good things are coming. So check it out at momstronginternational.com. We appreciate your prayers and your support, and we love you guys very much. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.